Hello and welcome to this edition of the Modern Times Podcast, Political Profundity with John Guzan and Karen Weil. Hi, Karen. Hi, how are you? I'm terrific. Uh, first day back from vacation, uh, or first podcast back from vacation. So, you know, yep. a little energized. How about yourself? I know you just went on one a couple weeks ago. Was, was in my hometown where it was hotter than hell, but had a good time. And um, it was interesting to see what's going on in the West. You know, coming from, well, I am in the West, but then going to states a little further east and just all the interesting changes, both politically and culturally and civic-wise, that are going on there. It's uh, always fascinating what's happening in the Southwest. Arizona, Nevada, New Mexico, Utah, oh, yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. And uh, even though we went on vacation, the political world didn't stop turning. Um, it as, did not. It ha- doesn't sleep. <laughs> as always, um, our three topics for political profundity today are going to be uh, the end of health care reform it, until at least 2018 with the recent collapse in the Senate of uh, Trump care or whatever we want to call it. Um, number two was voter registration panel and the hullabaloo that run around the that um, and the work by the Presidential Advisory Commission on Election Integrity. Um, and then the third one we're going to hit was the biggest one while I was gone. And I had that was the one story I followed uh, when I when I had cell service. And that was Trump Jr.'s campaign meeting with Manafort and Kushner and the rest of the crew with a bunch of Russians um, in Trump Tower in June. Um, so let's dive right into the first one. Healthcare now seems done in the Senate. Um, first reactions or, or what we're feeling now, um, you know, I guess it's kind of gone to McConnell said, well, then let's just repeal and let the chips fall where they may. Um, a bunch of bluster? Uh, do you think they'll ever get that far? It looks like they don't even have the votes. Think McConnell, who's normally a much smarter strategist than this, <laughs> really fell flat on its face. I seriously, I think this is the worst failure for him that I've seen since he's been Senate Majority Leader. And what it says to me is that there may, and, you know, nobody's going on record saying this, but you can't help but think, and maybe I'm wrong here, that there was so much pressure from the Trump administration on him to deliver Trump a win now of any kind, right? that he just decided, all right, I'm going to go for broke here, and it failed badly. Um, And, uh, you know, just because, again, it's one thing to say we're going to repeal it, but they had no, nothing of any substance to substitute it. And I think a lot of Americans, we saw even more than a few Republicans, even more than a few Trump voters saying, hey, wait just a minute. You know, some of us are on this now, and whatever we may have thought of Barack Obama or Democrats or whatever, or the idea of quote-unquote socialized medicine, we kind of like having coverage, and we don't really want to get rid of this. I, I don't want to say that the ACA is the third rail like Social Security or Medicare, but eventually it could be part of that. And their attempt to do this showed just immense callous disregard, including for their own base, which is beyond stupid. Um, and you saw millions of Americans all across the political spectrum speaking out, calling their senators, speak, showing up at the offices of these senators and protesting. Things got a little bit ugly with that at times. Right. Writing emails, writing letters, putting pressure on them. And guess what? That works every time. And when you have senators like Susan Collins, like Shelley Marcabuto, uh, Bill Cassidy, Dean Heller in my home state of Nevada, Jeff Blake in yours, 
All of whom are either looking to hire office in the case of Collins, the rumor is she wants to be governor of Maine, Keller and Flake have to get reelected in a state next year where they're not all that popular. Right. Um, not to say that they both can win. I, I, I'd say don't count either one out, but there's no question. They're, they, you could just see them on this tightrope. And between threats of, of being primaried, for example, in Nevada, not to go too much inside baseball here, the word was Steve Wynn, the casino mogul, who is a hardcore right-winger, but it's told Hiller's people either he votes for this or I'm coming after him with a primary challenger. Right. I don't know how far that really got. But then Heller, you know, there's an interesting uh, columnist named John Ralston in Nevada who said when Heller came out originally and said, no, I don't like this bill, I'm a no. He, he did what was called in gaming terms table image. And these are, these are Ralston's words, not mine. This was from about two uh -huh. and a half weeks ago. And his words were, if, if Heller flips now... He's dead, i.e. he's going to lose the general. Right. And I, I suspect from what I've read about Flake and his reaction that that was similar. And not just for these two senators in states, one of which has become quite blue and one that is trending, mm -hmm. if not there yet, that right. being Arizona. Right. Um, then, you know, again, we have senators in deep red states even, like, like Caputo, like Cassidy, uh, or, or Portman in Ohio is a purple state, but just, you know, they've, they've got to have, and Portman just got reelected, but nevertheless, people aren't going to forget this. One thing people remember for a long time is when things are taken away from them. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I suspect what a lot of these senators made clear to, to McConnell in private is, I'm not voting for this, do whatever you want to me, I have to get reelected, screw you. It, they may not have said that, but I have a feeling it might have been close. Yeah, you know, and I mean, I mean, yeah, that's that's to me is where it stands. Yeah, know, I, I'd love to know your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, you know, it 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 did seem like there was it 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 exploited the divisions in the Republican caucus, I think, and sure, yeah, you know, you really saw that there was you know folks on both sides, and when you look at you know they were talking about one or two votes, and even McCain's recent surgery, you know, was 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 portrayed as being you know a real big deal, but at the same time. Yeah. There were the votes weren't there to begin with, and um, uh, you know Cruz's amendment did a few things for some conservatives, but it didn't really kind of take those people that you had mentioned, like uh, Grassley, mm -hmm. Collins, uh, Capito, uh, K uh, Bill Cassidy, even in Louisiana. Um, you know they just didn't want to go along with with some of these changes, um, and so you had both sides. You had the side that wanted less regulation, less spending. And then you had the other side that wanted, you know, realize that if in order to have certain protections, you have to have certain things, um, and that it's and that it does cost. Um, all of it does, and and you know, that's really where I think it is. And we all talked a long time ago about, you know, there's two sides to the Republican Party, and they all came out and all voted for Trump because that's what they do, um, as we all have seen before. There's it's not about really. The tribe. Yeah, I mean yeah. they they don't stray as much as uh, independents or Democrats do. Obviously, independents. Um, oh, you know, for, that's an understatement. Um, but you know, Democrats will stray. You know, they'll go to third party. They'll go to to other folks, I and mean, they might not necessarily go Republican, but they go other places where Republicans won't. Yeah. And so, you know, that's why Trump won. But inside that base, there's there's many little fragments, and 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 it's 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 clear that that's why you know they can win a national election, but they can't. They can't govern because it's really not a single Sadly. group, you know. And, yeah. and 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 for what Trump wants to do, I just don't 
think he understands that all these people don't work for him and, and you know and and so you know you have you have go- me for laughing. no I, hey it deserves to be laughed at um but if you if you don't um realize that you each senator um and each governor because that's been the biggest pushback that 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 was given was from the governors of states um red and blue states alike and senators from red and blue states alike um, you know, obviously all on the Republican side as far as voting in the Senate because the Democrats were all just saying no. Um, and, you know, it, it, it just shows that, that, there, that, that, that animosity, I guess, between different sides or different points of view, different philosophies, um, you know, that compassionate conservatism, uh, conservatism with the uh, libertarianism, which kind of runs through Ted Cruz and Rand Paul, which doesn't necessarily run through Susan Collins. Um, so, you know, I mean, I think it's there and, and it's only going to be exploited as things move forward. And I think it works for them to, to hold majorities. But again, it doesn't get them to to governing. And that's where I think the problem for our country will continue to be until um, there's a change. And, 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 you know, whether it ends up being a three-party system at some point because of that split is going to be there, um, maybe it has to be. I mean, we saw what happened in France, and that's really what Macron's party is. It's that it's that gateway between, um, you know, the 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 national populists on one side and the uh, and the socialists on another. So, you know, maybe maybe it needs to be there. Maybe they'll pull from both sides. But uh, the future and what Trump's going to do, I mean, you never know. Uh, I just don't see them letting it fail because that's a hell of a way to go into a midterm. Well, correct. I mean, they know damn well what's going to happen in 2018 if they repeal this. Uh, a whole lot of them are going to lose their seats. And I don't care how deep Trump's support is within the Republican base. Most of this country doesn't like him and didn't vote for him. And what's going to happen in states that have Republican lawmakers in like, in, like California, a lot of whom are already very nervous about next year, like Darrell Issa, like Tom McClintock and, and, and Devin Nunez, for starters. Yeah, don't forget Nunez. You know, they're going to... Pardon? I said, don't forget Nunez. Hey, he's got to be nervous. Well, well, right. These guys are already in a lot of trouble. Issa is the most endangered lawmaker, period, up for re-election. A lot of people don't like him. Uh, depending on who the Democrat is, there's a pretty good chance he's going to lose his seat next year. They are not going to be going along with Trump on anything. Uh, you know, when Issa got too cozy with him, he nearly lost an election last year. And, and you know, again, this just goes to show Donald Trump's appeal this is not Ronald Reagan, okay? This is somebody whose appeal is with an extraordinarily narrow sliver. And, you know, that worked the way it worked last year for a lot of reasons, one of which we're going to talk about later. But it's just not enough for them to go ahead and destroy their careers over him. They're not willing to do it, and I, I can't blame them. He's just not worth it. And he himself chose, you know, it's doubtful if you, you, he read anything about, he knew anything about it, or even bothered to ask, Again, it was just a matter for this guy whose, you know, own mentality, as we know, is, is quite shallow, uh, to get some kind of a win. Well, he doesn't even have that now. And he looks just as bad as McConnell does. So, yeah, this is just a bad day for the GOP, and I hate to say it, they brought it on themselves. And plus the GOP senators like Keller and Lisa Murkowski and, and others who said, no, we're not doing this. This is wrong. So they're, you know, they're smart enough to see what's going on in the long term here. Yep. Yeah. Um, so do we think it's he's going to let it go? And can we think that Congress will then defend funding 
um, in order to keep the Affordable Care Act um, working properly, because as we know, it's been failing. You know, everybody says it's in the death spiral. We know that it's done. Well, that's we, not true. Right. I well, mean, we know it's, it's basically because they're ha- right. Right. I mean, you know, and that's not what I'm you know talking about here. We know that it's hasn't been tweaked and helped. That that no legislation, especially something like health care, can be passed once and you expect it to just exist. I mean, there has to be changes. There was changes to Medicare. There's been changes to Social Security. There's changes to defense. I mean, it's not like we're still trying to be, build the great white fleet, um, you know, back in the 1910s. Um, you know, we're doing, you know, you have to adjust with present time. So we know that it can be saved, but will it? Well, again, I think if the GOP decides they're going to end all funding, you'd have the same type of public backlash. And, again, I uh, they're looking at the 2018 midterms, and, and right now, and, again, things can change, but right now it is not looking good for them. Um, I, you know, I don't see the Democrats winning a landslide. I don't see them taking back the Senate at all. But there's a good chance they're going to pick up seats. So I, I just think the GOP is going to ignore Trump's ravings and rantings on this. They'll, they'll still make noise about it to keep some of their donors happy. They may make the same kind of cosmetic attempts to just vote symbolically to repeal it. But I, I, I just think that in the long run, they know what will happen if they tried anything. Um, yeah, you know, because at this point, I mean, it seems like, I mean, I, I agree with you that they're going to have to be forced to strengthen it, no matter what the dialogue is right now. Um, if you don't, you're governing. So then people will go to you and say, well, you're not doing, you know, you're not, you're not encouraging people, so it's failing. You're not making the payments. You're not, you know, uh, all these different things that you can do to really kind of, you know, erode it um, is going to, you're, you have to own those changes because you're deciding to not support it. So, you know, it's, right. it's, it's almost literally like a trap that you'll walk in going into 2018 <laughs> midterms. I mean, don't you think if they don't, if they don't then shore it up and there's no replacement or no repeal done, they have to shore it up or else they get tarred with the now not fixing it, where, you know, it's different when you have Obamacare and it's new and you're the Republican Congress, you can you can say, oh, it doesn't work. But when you're the president and the Congress, all run by the same party and you don't uh, support it because you know Democrats would be there to help establish it, um, you would get their votes um, if you're the White House um, to, to, to sustain um, the Affordable Care Act. So, to me, I think they at least need to keep it floating. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, if I had to guess, I'd say they're just going to leave it alone now. See what happens after the 2018 midterms. Uh, maybe if they end up not losing many seats, then they'll, they'll figure they're emboldened enough to go ahead and really start messing with it again. But, you know, I, I, it's funny, if I could advise the GOP on anything, it's, don't touch Social Security or Medicare. Leave Medicaid alone and leave the AC alone. ACA alone now. Work with Democrats as much as you can't stand them and vice versa to try to strengthen it. If there are places for improvement for it, then do that. But, you know, this is something now Americans, it's a, it's a benefit that a lot of Americans are using and they don't want it messed with. And they will remember at the voting booth. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, you know, I, we'll see. We'll see what they do. I, I suspect they now go silent on it mostly. Yeah, you know, it does seem to me as, as an awesome opportunity um, for conservatives to kind of, you know, show their graciousness, their high road 
um, taking ability, and I know that they won't take it. And and that I think is the, mm-hmm. kind of the sad part about it. I think that is, is that it's going to continually be fighting it, um, and and not working and reaching across the aisle and finding ways to get something done at some point. I mean, we know that there was there was really popular pieces to the Affordable Care Act, like you know uh, being able to stay on your parents until you're 25, uh, no pre-existing conditions. There's there's a bits on there that were really popular. The ability to go out and get your own health care. Um, right. And, I, and I have a personal... Sorry. Go ahead. Um, well, the personal story, I, I have a family member who is a breast cancer survivor. She got most of her treatment through ACA-related programs, and thank God she's alive and well today for it. So... Yeah. You know, it matters. It matters when it becomes, I mean, it always mattered to me, even though I am lucky enough to be on my husband's insurance. Uh, Thank you, Mark. And, you know, I'm grateful for that. But, you know, when you have loved ones, or even colleagues, people you know, who've been helped, uh, it, it certainly changes the outlook. Okay, on to let let's um, leave uh, healthcare behind. Let's go to another uh, situation where they want your social security number. Um, the <laughs> Presidential Advisory Commission on Election Integrity um, hit like a uh, a thud. Uh, what two weeks ago? Um, yes. Mike Pence and Chris Kobach, um, the vice chairman, I think, of this commission. Um, I, and I know that a lot of folks in Arizona remember. Chris Kobach is being basically the architect uh, writer of SB 1070, which which created such a a stir here in Arizona. Um, even though he's the uh, now the Kansas Secretary of State, who also said that his own state would not be providing this information. Um, a lot of people called it a way to do voter suppression. Um, I know the ACLU. A lot of other people didn't like it. We've had supposedly hearing thousands of people that are. That, that were dropping their voter registration. Um, uh, it seems a little crazy. Uh, there was another, um, you know, how did you feel about it? Do you think right off um, that, 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 that initial negative criticism was warranted? I, yes, absolutely. Look, in all the years that I've been around and, and you have, I can't recall any administration doing anything like this. Republican or Democrat, you know, Ronald Reagan or George H.W. Bush or even George W. Bush, they wouldn't even attempt something like this. This is just a blatant attempt at at voter suppression. That's what this is. Uh, You know, Trump Trump is, you know, Trump, I believe, is mentally unstable and and is not connected to reality at times. But even he probably realizes he won by next to nothing. And whatever, you know, majority electoral college-wise carried him last time, uh, doubtful it's going to work the same way in 2020 should he be up for re-election uh, at that time. So they have to attempt everything they can to, to minimize the voter turnout and to suppress those who they know are never going to support them. That being a lot of minorities, women, younger people, uh, and, and others. And so that's basically what this is. And, and thankfully, we've had 44 states some of whom deep red ones, the Trump ones say, no, we're not going to comply with this. You're out of your mind. And I, you may have seen the classic, now classic letter the Mississippi Secretary of State wrote saying, go jump in a lake. And right. essentially that's what it said. 
you know, it's just it's, it's just a naked, blatant, despicable attempt. And given who's the president and what he's capable of, none of this surprises me. Uh, Kobach is just somebody, I think, without any integrity or decency whatsoever. And, I, and, when P, and again, I think these states were reacting to kind of public reaction, too. And, and good for them for standing up and saying no. Yeah, you know, I, I, I saw a very interesting story, um, and it was on NBC News, um, and that there is already a bipartisan group that shares voter data. Um, and they started just a few years ago. It's called uh, the Election Registration Information Center, um, and it's a nonprofit group currently made up of 20 states, both red and blue, and the District of Columbia, um, yeah. and a former election official in Washington State. And they have all these uh, safeguards in place already for protecting people's um, information, the way that it gets transmitted so that it can't be stolen, um, you know, in transit uh, by going through different uh, data centers and and, and routing areas. Um, And so I guess, you know, they were shaming um, the presidential commission because they're saying, hey, we're already on it. We already know what all these things are. And now you're just asking for information to be sent the same old standard way, you don't want to pay for it. I mean, there were some groups saying, well, yeah, if they want to pay our state the $30,000 it'll take us, we'll send it to you. Um, but it just seems like more evidence of you don't know what you're doing, and if you do, it's got to be nefarious. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, yes, and I would not have said that. I, you know, I would not have thought that about any other administration that I've lived under, whether I agreed with the person or not. But again, given what we know Trump is capable of doing, his family members are and people around him, none of this surprises me. It's just, it shows that they know they can't win, honestly. That they have to suppress the vote, which makes them cowards, blatantly un-American, and again, just beyond awful. I, I, can't, I can't say it any other way. That's the only words I have to describe these people. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's, it's wrong. Yeah, and you know, it just doesn't really, you know, you know, make much sense besides the fact that you're just trying to compile, um, uh, you know, voter information. That it's not really, it's you know, it's almost under the guise of, of, of doing something right um, and trying to understand what's going on. Um, but what you're just going to do is be able to build your own database that has everything in it um, for free um, and even have more information than you would have to to begin with. Um, and, you know, did you see the story that also happened earlier uh, or last week, early last week, that um, there was the people that did comments on the presidential commission, they made those public with their email addresses and sometimes their phone numbers. Right. They just turned that whole thing over. And, and, you know, it makes you wonder what else they can get wrong. I mean, like. Do you trust the Trump administration or any of these commissions that are run by somebody like Pence or Kobach to actually be able to protect you? I again, I this this shows they're almost using, and I'm I'm a little bit reluctant to use this term, but it's mob-like tactics. It's just not something somebody with any real principle or respect for governance does. We're going, you know, we're going to embarrass you. We're going to, you know, it's an implied threat. And again, this is how Trump made his fortune. This is what he's done all his his professional life. So he he thinks this is fine. Well, it's not. It's illegal. Uh, and again, it is blatantly un-American. And 
I, I mean, I was, I was, uh, I mean, very little shocks from anymore. It shocks me anymore about these people, but you just think when they can't sink any lower, somehow they managed to do that. Yeah, and you know, also just the difference. It was like what um, I think the uh, in Alabama, maybe the Secretary of State or the Governor, I think it was the Secretary of State there, said, you know, hey, um, the, we as states run elections. You know, it's like there was the always for a t- t- maybe twenty five years, you had the um, a lot of uh, GOPers were constantly talking about states' rights and what the states should do, and they should hold certain things and. And states run elections. The federal government doesn't run elections. Um, and and almost by doing some of this other th- other work, um, if you're going to then take it into commission, not a bipartisan group that tries to, you know, like Eric, uh, like we talked about the election uh, commission that we talked about, the bipartisan election commission that's there, they try to also study to make sure that um, if people die by their Social Security records, that they're off voter rolls, you know, they, 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 they check all these things that, that have been talked about as being possible ways to stuff ballot boxes, right? So that's what they do. They assist these states in doing so, so that the states can, you know, communicate with, with each other through this group. And that's why they charge like $25,000 to join it, so that the state doesn't have to try to do any of that investigation on its own, um, which makes mm-hmm. complete sense. And then you have a situation where you don't realize or you're not saying that maybe you should just let the states do this on their own or how you give them the power. You have a presidential commission. It Again, it flies in the face of way the way our government is set up and how it should be set up because there's only really one national election we have, and that's for the office of the president. Um, everything right. else is, is basically state-run or, or lower, and that's why states really should oversee elections. You know, as much as... You know, we like or, you know, at times you understand how you have to consolidate power and a federal system is good. The reality of the situation is you have to have a decentralized state run election system. It just doesn't seem like it's going to make any sense otherwise. And um, and so going away from that makes even less sense. Um, Again, it's just like more of that double confounded logic from from the Trump administration and and, you know, it seems like his his uh, uh, his minions in Congress. Um, you know, you never know. Next topic: the June twenty sixteen meeting between who knows how many Russians, um, some campaign um, advisors um, from you know Manafort, Kushner, Trump Jr. for sure that we know. Um, although. Uh, uh, God, his name just uh, uh, escaped me. Lewandowski said that that Trump was in Florida that day. They've they found that he really wasn't. He was actually in Trump Tower that day. So you never know. He could have been in the meeting as well, um, or at least mm-hmm. watching it on some sort of you know closed circuit television. And again, please, no one sue me. I am not speculating or claiming. I am just stating um, what we had seen. Um, however, um, it kind of flies in the face of uh, all the. Um, um, denials over any sort of um, uh, collusion with the Russian government or even interest in doing that. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Trump Jr., you know, I, 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 I thought it was a joke that he went around and then actually posted the emails that said that a Republican, uh, I mean, sorry, a, a Russian government uh, attorney was going to provide this information uh, sanctioned by basically the government in some of those emails. Um you know, is this, you know, a lot of people have said, well, now we got the fire to the smoke. Um, how do you see it? 
Well, I look uh, from the beginning. It's pretty obvious. Trump and his son and others in his family and their sycophants, sycophants, excuse me, have just been immensely dishonest. Uh, for him to claim there was no meeting, well, then when it turns out the Times says, yes, there was and has proof of that, and then Don Jr. thinking, uh, which I suppose is a natural reaction by showing these emails, oh, this will clear me, when they don't, uh, I, I, you know, it just he seems like he's, like his dad, he's not exactly the brightest person in the world. Um, I, this is why it's I just, I told some Trump supporters, as much as you may want to think otherwise, this is never going to go away because they have never been able to offer any real legitimate explanation of their behaviors at all. And every time, you know, they claim something didn't happen, it turns out it did. I recall we had a president who did lie to the country and say he didn't have sexual relations with a woman. Well, he obviously did, and he paid a serious price for that. Uh, you know, I don't recall any conservatives or Republicans having any problem for that. With that, uh, I didn't either, uh, because again, Trump, John, Bill Clinton lied, and he he was held accountable for that. Um, but I, I just again, nothing shocks me with this family. It's just sickening and, and incredibly sad that apparently. Trump's three adult children, that being Don Jr., Eric, and Ivanka, are seem to be every bit as dishonest and arrogant as he is. Well, don't forget um, Tiffany. I, don't forget Tiffany. Well, she seems to be, from what you've read, she doesn't particularly like her father. Good for her. She seems to have, tends to stay the hell away from this. Yeah, she's Marla's. My, she's Marla's daughter. Heart, well, you know, my, exactly. My heart goes out to Baron and the underage grandchildren. They don't deserve this. But at any rate, um, again, Donald Trump Jr. is a liar. There's no other way to put it. He lied, and he's been found out, and all the spinning it by Fox News and people in his circle, by his dad, by anyone else, isn't going to change that. Um, again, the, the issue is, did they collude? Is it legal? Uh, and I, I, you know, that, that is the issue of whether or not there are any laws that, that stop them from doing this. Of course, then it gets into a matter of ethics and the idea that any political candidate would be willing to meet with a foreign adversary for dirt is nonsense. We've had examples in the past of Al Gore. They were given, and this was by somebody in the States, they were given the, I guess, a, 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 a debate prep book of right. George W. Bush's. And the Gore campaign immediately said, we don't want this, we're calling the feds. And turned it into the FBI, which is the thing we want to do, the, you know, the thing you should do. Uh, I'm sure there are examples of Republicans when approached like that, saying, hey, wait a minute, that's not how I want to win. I'm not going to go along with this. But again, those people have decency and integrity. We all know Donald Trump has none, and apparently neither does his son. Um, again, there's a lot... We don't know who everybody at this meeting was. There's, there was an eight person described today, a Russian. Uh, there's still some mystery about who else may have been there. You can decide for yourself who that might have been. Um, I think, obviously, it's a lot's going to be revealed when Robert Mueller makes his findings public. And we don't know when that's going to be. 
but this is this is extraordinarily disturbing. And and again, I, a word I hate to keep using with these people, but it's just blatantly un-American. It spits in the face of our values and who we are as a people. And if Trump supporters don't want to accept that or deal with it, fine, that's their right. But you know, I don't care who it is. The truth comes out eventually, and it eventually crushes that person. And Donald Trump will be no different. It may not mean him, him getting necessarily brought out in handcuffs or even maybe losing the next election. But nevertheless, he is so damaged by this now and so deflated that uh, I, I just I don't know how where else there is for him to go at this point. Yeah, and you know, and, and it seems, you know, the, uh, the 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 one gentleman, the Soviet counterintelligence um, gentleman that was there, that Renat. Akhmetshin, um, and obviously I might be, you know, butchering that because um, um, Russian is not nearly a language I'm proficient in. Um, a beautiful but complicated language for sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, I got my Dasvidanias, uh, but that's about it. Um, that's, but that's from watching old Arnold Schwarzenegger movies in the 80s. But, however, um, you know... I, He's been tied to, to hacks before, um, you know, you know, leaving uh, hard drives in places, dropping off information, um, you know, hanging out in, you know, with the Taliban, doing things. Seems like one of those guy who's a, a lobbyist or, or whatever, but he's just, you know, whatever. I mean, I don't know anything, but you don't you don't really know what the truth is. Um, you know, obviously somebody who's got some ties and all these people, you don't know what's been going on. Um, you're obviously meeting with folks who have connections. Um, pretty much everyone says it was some sort of Russian operation, whether it was, uh, you know, people officially on government payroll or not. You know, as, as as we know, that doesn't necessarily mean they're not being supported by the government. Um, and, you know, it, it, it does seem to be like there has to be more information there that either Mueller's going to have to find um, or or that is going to have to be revealed. But if this is what's been leaking, you'll wonder what he's, what else he's working with. Um, and, and, you know, we talked about, um, I think we sort of mentioned earlier that, um, that Mueller's given, um, permission, um, basically by saying that it's not going to interfere with his investigation. If Donald Trump Jr. testifies, um, in, in, uh, in an open hearing in Congress, I think in the house, uh, House Intelligence Committee, I think, is who's asking for him, um, that it's not going to interfere, you know, but it almost seems like he wants him there because then he doesn't know what Mueller's got yet, and anything he says that perjures himself just sets him up. Um, you know, I, you know, I don't know what's there, but it seems like there's got to be something because that's what we're hearing, and usually it's a lot... What what you hear, the scuttlebutt, what ends up coming out is usually a lot less bad is what the investigator's truly working on. And especially if he's going to allow Trump Jr. to testify, it's because it's there's there's more, it's deeper, it's maybe him, you know, trying to get another charge on him. I don't know, but it seems like that that show will be uh, prime time, um, big time. I mean, when was the last time that a... I don't think ever a, a, a child of a president came and testified um, for something that could be potentially a criminal I, in nature. Yeah, I don't remember it ever happening in my lifetime. But he said, we've had in the past, we've had presidents who were decent, stable human beings who never <laughs> collaborated with a foreign adversary, whatever you may have thought of their record otherwise. 
had more respect for that office and for this country than that. Um, again, it's not just Don Jr. Something else I want to mention, of course, there's still a lot of heat on Jared Kushner, right. Trump's son-in-law, because, uh, you know, the Justice Department and investigators in Congress are looking at whether, you know, a Trump campaign digital operation that Kushner is supervising helped guide Russia's very sophisticated efforts to use internet barts to target voters with fake news against Hillary Clinton. I Nicholas Kristof, who's a New York Times columnist and well-respected and uh, for the record, has written some very uh, sympathetic columns on Trump supporters, lest it look like he is just a basher. Uh, but he wrote, it's a great quote, look, this is a murky, complicated issue, but this much we know. Kushner attended a secret meeting whose stated purpose was to advance a Kremlin effort to interfere in the U.S. election. He then failed to report it, and he finally sought a secret channel to communicate with the Kremlin. I mean... Good Lord, John LeCar couldn't even make that up. Uh-huh. That's just astonishing. And again, if Hillary Clinton had even, there was even a smattering, a smattering of evidence that she had, or her campaign had done something similar, number one, she wouldn't be in office now. She'd probably be facing trial, as she should, for unacceptable and dangerous behavior. It's, it's a noted fact. Putin didn't want her to win because he knew she'd be a lot harder to, to deal with. I mean, I'm just going to say this, and I'm not the only one who has. Trump's been in bed with Russia for well over a decade. He was broke in, in the new when the new century started. He needed money. True. The Russians had it. And over the years, I suspect the KGB and other forces looked at him as the, this is the term Lenin used, the useful idiot, someone yep. they could groom, uh, especially after Trump started making real noise about running for president four or five years ago. Um, and here's where we are, and it's it's a terrible position. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I don't want any country, especially a country with a foreign adversary, being able to interfere with my nation's elect, you know, election process or anything else. And I, I grow tired of people rationalizing this by saying, well, we've done it too. You know what? That was wrong as well. And in one form or another, the U.S. has paid for that uh, over the years. So I, I, I'm sorry. That's just that's a crappy excuse to um, don't make a right and you know, this has to be this has to be investigated thoroughly and found out. Um, but it, it, I mean, again, his supporters keep saying there's no real smoking gun. Well, there sure is an awful lot of smoke. And so far, somebody is somebody is wants to provide me with some information otherwise. But I've seen absolutely no legitimate explanation of it from anyone. Yeah, you know, and you know. Two points I'd like to make, and then we can we can we can discuss maybe on a, on another podcast. But um, the fact that there hasn't been anything that's being done—I know that there's investigations going on—but as we know, it's not really illegal for some of these things to happen. Um, uh, so you know whether you know Congress hasn't taken it up, um, no one else really has either. And what we can do legislatively to give some teeth if anyone tries to do that again. Um, which I think is important. Um, and, you know, secondly, what now, and this was the one I, 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 I hope we can, you know, kind of continue to discuss. We had talked in the past about the only thing that's going to change with Trump is when his base or other people finally start coming out against what's going on or start talking about it. Um, and some people have claimed that there was the Walter Cronkite moment or, you know, when Shepard Smith from Fox News is basically bashing Trump. But it wasn't the first time that it happened. It was, you know, somebody else trying to make that moment have a label 
and try to identify it. But there is even we you know we kind of talked about what's going on in Congress in the in the in the Republican caucus, and then what's going on then at Fox News. You now have two sides. Yeah, the Chris Wallace, Shep Smith side uh, publicly, and who knows what that means for the, you know, uh, you know the the regular foot soldiers um, at Fox News. But you have that 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 public side where they're coming out and really criticizing this administration, and then you have the Sean Hannity, uh, Tucker Carlson side, which is still just always taking the side of the administration and saying everything's fake news; it doesn't matter. Um, so my question, I guess, for you is. Is the beginning of the erosion, you think, at Fox News, have we seen it? Is it there? Is it now solid enough where, I mean, we saw that the polls are now down to 36%. Is that having any kind of impact on the base? Look, whether we like it or not, there are always going to be about 25 to 30% of people who will support somebody as horrendous as Donald Trump. And I, I am not trying to say that for every Republican. I know a lot of Republicans who are horrified by Trump and didn't vote for him, um, some of whom are in my family. But I just, I, I think what is more important, of the, of the 62 million votes this man won, I would have to say probably there's a good 10 to 20% who voted for him for other reasons and may have been done it reluctantly. And those are the ones I think are going to abandon him. But, you know, there's going to be 25%, just like the 25% is stuck with, Richard Nixon, well after the bottom dropped out for him. Uh, 25% who stuck with George W. Bush when his presidency really went down the toilet. Uh-huh. And I don't even want to equate Bush with either one of those men. Say whatever you will about him, but he certainly didn't sell our country out this way. Right. Uh, a, a terrible foreign policy decision aside, which, you know, you will forever have to live with. But I, so, you know, you can forget about that. I, I think what has to happen candidly in terms of political action is the GOP has to lose the House. And if there are enough Democrats who can really start, if Mueller comes out and has ironclad evidence that Trump colluded with Russia and the Republicans view refuse to do anything, I, I'm, I'm sorry, that's just not going to look good for them outside of their bubble. Yeah. And you, you may, you know, and surely the smarter among them have to know that. So, I mean, this can go in any direction. I don't even want to make predictions, but one way or another, I will say, I, I think is that the pressure tightens on Trump, I, you know, he's, he, he could resign. But again, we're a long way from that. Yeah. Because he may even realize that this just isn't worth it anymore. And this tremendous joke of his presidency has to end. But, you know, and I think the nation would generally calm down. Although there's still suspicions about Mike Pence, although I think some of those are weaker at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but again, I think overwhelmingly what you see people people are saying is that the GOP has to be voted out of the House. They have to lose their majority. The Democrats really could start impeachment hearings or start real investigations. And people, either Trump himself or people within his circle who acted with the Russians in an unethical and possibly illegal manner are held accountable. It's a long way to November 2018. Um yeah, so we'll just have to see what unfolds. I, I honestly do think if Mueller comes out with ironclad evidence, Trump's probably going to have to be forced to admit that something happened. Now, knowing him, he'll blame anybody else, but because that's his nature. 
you know, again, this is a really bad situation this country's facing right now. Yep. I, I, you just can't sugarcoat it. So the right thing to do would be for Trump just to resign. But he's not going to do that because he's not a decent man and he doesn't respect this country. So we'll yeah. see. That's, you know, I think, you know. I, I think Americans are clearly concerned. Now, I wrote an opinion piece for Modern Times recently, as you know, and, and, and while not to diminish those those concerns, sometimes though they have kind of an interesting and, and sometimes sometimes it's, it's effective, sometimes it's not way of letting politicians know they're not happy with them. Yep. Uh, so we'll we'll just have to see. I but this just this is this just is bad on so many fronts. I I can't even begin to elaborate on it. Yeah. It's a. Uh, I think you know, the, the, the one of the scariest parts when I think about it is what happens maybe if uh, you know the House or the Senate um, goes over to the Democrats and you have those two three months. Um, what's going to happen at that point? And then, you know, mm. whether, whether, you know, if, if, uh, if Democrats can only get, you know, one of the, one of the houses, what then what happens when Trump is on that slope where he can't do anything and he's got an opposition party, um, then I think he really gets dangerous. Then he's the trapped animal and we'll have to see what happens, I guess, at that point. But, um, you know, you only can move forward and we'll see uh, what our future holds. Karen, as always, great um, you know, uh, speaking with you, I always learn a lot. Um, even though I follow the issues too, you always, you fail, never fail to, uh, inform me on a thing or two. So again, thanks for the conversation. Thank you. And thank you to all our listeners. And, you know, I just want to say again, good on the millions of Americans who are speaking out, who demand accountability and responsibility of the Congress, both democratic and Republican members and, um, vote next year. Yeah, you know, uh, the old Keep famous saying, attention. the old famous saying by Jefferson, I think it was, is that every democracy is only as strong as the generation. Um, that's being that's tested. Right. That That's surely being tested now, isn't it? I'm afraid so. And I, I, you know, I have faith in my fellow Americans who do want the right thing to happen here. But they just got to, they've got to get organized and they've got to be speaking out. Thanks again, Karen, um, and everyone else. We'll see you in a few weeks. Thanks again. Bye-bye now. Bye. Take care.